Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office podcast. Good to be with you. Good to be with my host, Andy Dolich, and our guest today, and Dan Grunfeld, uh, recent author of By the Grace of the Game. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Dan's book, Dan's journey into uh, sports, having been a former professional basketball player growing up in the household of a uh, executive in the industry as well. Um, and then really just kind of the impact of, of sports in society as a whole. But nonetheless, we'll tip it off, Andy, here appropriately, as I know uh, sometimes we kick it off, tee it off, but today we're going to tip it off. So, Dan, welcome again. And I'm curious, uh, being a New York, a Brooklyn-born, Long Island-raised guy, and you're an East Coaster in that area, and your dad was a big-time hooper uh, before he became executive. an executive. What did it feel like? What was going through your head when you were growing up and you were playing ball like yeah, that's my dad. He's in the New York Post. He's on TV. He's a big deal. What was that like? Yeah, and for Jake, Andy, thanks for having me. Uh, Andy, thanks for wearing a Stanford hat where I went to school. I really appreciate you made me feel comfortable. Uh, listen, growing up with a dad who's you know playing in the NBA, my dad was playing for the Knicks when I was born, and then he was the general manager of the team as I was growing up. It's really cool, first and foremost. You know, you get experiences that it's like what dreams are made of. You dream of meeting Patrick Ewing and going to playoff games and, you know, going to practices with your dad on the weekend. Like those are the things that I did. Uh, it, it, so the, the experience is awesome. Really brings a family close together. Cause as you mentioned, my dad was on the cover of newspapers. Sometimes it was good things. Sometimes it was bad things, you know? And so it really kind of makes a family close, but I just had so many wonderful experiences. There's another side to the coin too, right? Where there's pressure and there's criticism and, and all those other things. And, you know, I had kids would always say things at school if the Knicks weren't doing well. And so, you know, there's, there's always kind of the, the things that aren't as great about it, but honestly, like all in all, it's an awesome experience. It's so fun. And for me, it gave me a great love of the game. You know, and I, and you mentioned my book and I write this in my book, my birth was planned around the NBA schedule. My dad was a player for the Knicks. So he had two long road trips. So my mom was induced. So my dad could be there for my birth. He went on a road trip. And then eight days later, he was back for my bris. So uh, yeah, basketball is just so formative for me. Yeah, I think about it. My birth was planned around nothing. My dad was a salesman in the garment district. So I <laughs> he had to worry about it. We're both schedule. here, right? So it all worked out. Yeah. So uh, another question, people who maybe don't know the history of the NBA, first of all, I was a big Nick fan, you know, in the early 70s when the Knicks were dominant and had so many incredible players, uh, you know, Clyde the Glide and Earl the Pearl, Senator Bill Bradley, Dave DeBusher, Willis Reed. But the Ernie and Bernie show, tell people that don't know a thing about the Ernie and Bernie show. Absolutely. So my dad played college basketball at Tennessee with Bernard King. And so my dad's originally from Romania. He's an immigrant, but uh, settled in Forest Hills, Queens, and became one of the top high school basketball players in the country, went to Tennessee. And then a year later, Bernard King from Brooklyn also went to Tennessee. Uh, so two New York boys went down south to the SEC and, uh, they form one of the greatest duos in college basketball history. So they each averaged 25 po points per game one season. 
You know, that today, if you have one player averaging 25 points per game, it almost never happens. And both Repeat that again for people who are listening. Yeah. What? what did he say? Yeah, Bernard King and my dad each averaged more than 25 points per game during the same college basketball season playing together. And uh, they were, yeah, they were just a phenomenon. They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, they had great success together. And, you know, if you want to hear one basketball player talk effusively about another, ask my dad about Bernard King. He, he, he won't stop about, he's so unstoppable, so ferocious, so feared of uh, the, the, the level of respect that they still have is amazing. And they still talk every month, which is really cool. Cause you know, they played together in the NBA as well. They played together with the Knicks when Bernard led the league in scoring. So Jake, um, you know, we're giving so much history and, and helping people in their basketball education. I'm thinking, Dan, what having worked in Memphis for eight years, which is not UT, but two guys coming from unique backgrounds or Eastern backgrounds or Eastern Europe backgrounds to Tennessee, there's a book in there. Ernie and Bernie Duke, UT. Oh, their stories must be amazing, some of which could actually end up in print. Well, you know, they made a ESPN made a 30 for 30 about them it's called Bernie and Ernie, uh, precisely for that reason, because it is an amazing story. You know, my dad is the son of Holocaust survivors, you know, the only player in NBA history whose parents survived the Holocaust. Bernard, you know, grew up in the projects in Brooklyn. Uh, they both made their way down south, met each other, became stars in different ways. And Bernard's star continued to rise in, in the NBA as a player. My dad is more of a role player. But yeah, it's it's an amazing story and also the relationship again because you know i still to this day call bernard uncle b you know and he wrote a quote <laughs> that's on the it's on the back of my book you know and uh it's it's really an amazing story and what they did is really special i i remember that 30 for 30 now i definitely gonna watch yep. it tonight so go ahead jake dan you, you know you you've done something that not many others have done and making aliyah going to move to israel and play basketball Talk a little bit about that experience. Um, what, to Andy's point earlier about kind of growing up in a basketball family, um, now you're in the tech world, so different different uh, beast in itself. But like, what what was that experience like for you, and what has that done for you from a career perspective, whether it's facing adversity, challenges, etc. Absolutely. So I played eight years professionally, internationally. So my first year was in Germany. My next three years were in Spain. And as you mentioned, my last four years were in Israel. So I had a long pro career. Uh, listen, I, I apply the things that I learned as a player, the skills that I developed as a player to my everyday life now still, you know, and I retired, you know, seven, eight years ago. But as you mentioned, dealing with adversity, communicating, cooperating, problem solving, you know, creative thinking, you know, these are all the things that you have to do in sports. And certainly as a basketball player, I mean, I, I, basketball to me is the ultimate team sport because, you know, every, every second, every minute you're making decisions, you're working with other people, you have to figure things out. And that's what the, you know, the corporate world is like in many ways. So I always, you know, when I'm hiring and, and I, I really value folks who have played sports and it doesn't have to be at the professional level, right? If you, the, high school, college, whatever it may be, that experience, I think is so valuable moving forward in life. I apply it to my home life as well, right? I have a two and a half year old at home. There are, you know, moments where you have to kind of dig deep for, for certain things. And definitely my, uh, my career help, helps with that. What playing internationally, what, what lens did that give you a look through differently than say the lens that you got growing up, you know, Madison square garden, you know, a little bit different scale. 
um, and and situation. Absolutely. I mean, I growing up, I always wanted to play in the NBA, right? That's what my dad did. That's what I was focused on. Uh, I never considered Europe, right? But a- after I got over there, I realized I was doing what I always dreamt of doing. I was just doing it a little differently. You know, the basketball is very high level. You're playing. You're playing for a living. Uh, but like you mentioned, the scale is so different, right? I was, we we're busing to our games. I'm sharing a hotel room with my teammates. So, so it's, it's a little bit of a different experience, but I made friends from all over the world. Like to this day, I have friends from so many different countries. You know, I, I played in so many different countries, not only the ones I lived in, but we traveled, you know, internationally. So I've seen the world, you know, I met my first year was in Germany and, and my grandparents were Holocaust survivors, you know? So actually in my book, I said, I'm probably the only professional basketball player who when his agent called and said, I have a great opportunity for you. I had to call my grandma to ask her permission, right? Cause it was in Germany. And, uh, you know, so just th- how my, my world expanded literally and figuratively by being overseas was, was amazing. It was, it was just a great experience. And, you know, Dan and I really didn't know each other until a few months ago. And, you know, I live about 20 minutes, 15 minutes from where he works. Um, we got together for coffee and, and chatted about our lives, which led to today. And I was telling Dan, I was playing in a golf tournament uh, at Stanford University a week or so ago. And who's my partner? None other than Coach Mike Montgomery. And I start telling Mike about Dan's book. And he goes, oh, you got to put me in touch with Dan. I need to know more about that. And the the firm that uh, Dan works for, I'll let him talk about it for a moment. They're a significant investor in fan-controlled football. So if that isn't an example to everybody that's listening to, to us talk, network, 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 because you just never know where it's going to go and how people can develop new friendships and help each other. Absolutely. And anything, you and I became good friends very quickly. And uh, I, I really believe in that, you know, just sitting with people, chatting with people, getting to know people, you know, is so important. I'm obviously grateful that we did. And it was so funny that you played golf recently with my college coach and you kind of sent me an email and I emailed him and we, we communicated, right. I hadn't talked to coach in a few years. Every time I see him, I give him a big hug, but you know, we traded emails back and forth. So that was just kind of like such a serendipitous thing. Uh, yeah. And as you mentioned, like now I, I work in high tech after I graduated, after I retired from playing basketball, I got my MBA at Stanford, which kind of helped me take another kind of course in my career, but working at a venture capital firm, you know, you, it, it, a lot of it is relationships, you know, knowing, knowing people, meeting people, learning, growing. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's great that we connected. I'm, I agree with you. So let's get into the story of real life and real life that, you know, is, uh, has engaged millions and millions of people around the world. Uh, and hopefully people will read your story and your family's story uh, I know you can't, you know, talk about every page, but set the scene and and talk about how you came to write the book and what you want people to get out of it when they finish reading it. Absolutely. So how I came to write the book, I always felt kind of the profound nature of my family story, because again, my grandparents survived the Holocaust. You know, my dad came to America at nine years old, not speaking a word of English, having never touched a basketball. And about a decade later, he was standing on the podium as a gold medalist for the United States of America. You know, so, and my grandparents are in the, you know, in the stands there, shedding tears, can't believe kind of where their lives have gone. And, and basketball did that for my family. So me growing up and kind of pursuing that path, 
it always felt so much bigger to me, you know, because I kind of knew what my family had been through. So I could have the opportunities that, that I did. And so always dreamt of writing the book. It had to be the right time in my life. And when I retired as a player and, and went to business school and had a little space to explore things, I said, this is the time. But I knew that it was going to be a long haul and that it was going to take pretty much everything I had. So I've been working on it for five plus years. Uh, and, and actually, you mentioned like how do sports translate to, to other things in life? You know, I woke up at 6.02 a.m. every day for eight months while I once I was ready to write. And that's how I got my first draft done. That was after a year and a half of research. But when I was done, my wife said how proud of me she was. And I said, listen, thank you. But I really only did one thing. I just had the discipline to get out of bed every morning. And that was from basketball. Because like morning workouts are not optional in basketball, right? And for me, writing wasn't optional. It was just something I had to do. So, uh, Jake, did you, are you listening to this? We didn't use this discipline when we wrote Loss of Logos. So if <laughs> no. you write anything again, uh, I'm putting the alarm on at 6.02 to follow Dan. Is there, is there a significance behind 6.02? I'm just curious. It was just early. <laughs> it was just early. I, you know. I, you know, habit, I'm a habitual person. I said, let 602 works for me. Um, but so 602 is my area code. So there you go. Oh, uh, well, we all have something, yeah. something in common. It all works, man. So listen, I, and, and I'm so close to my grandmother. You know, she's, you'll be happy to know she's 96 years old. She lives in the Bay Area. So 25 minutes away from, from me and my wife. And I, I talk to her every day. She's just the most amazing person. She came to every basketball game I played at Stanford. You know, so from all the things she's been through in her life, and it's been a lot, like she's the most positive, amazing person. So wanted to be able to tell her story, my dad's story, because Andy, you know, a lot of sports fans, basketball fans certainly know my dad and what he accomplished, but people don't know where he came from. And it's not something that he really talks about publicly. There's a lot of really hard stuff in my family's back, in my family's past. And so for me to tell it was a real honor and something I think is really important, because when you talk about the Holocaust, like, if we don't tell these stories, no one will, you know, and, and my grandma always says, you know, you have to talk about it, otherwise people will forget. And so, uh, yeah, just really meaningful project for me. And you know, I hope when people read the book, you know, I want there to be a hopeful feeling, you know, because ultimately, even my family went through a lot of really hard things. There's a lot of really beautiful things too. You know, my dad becoming an Olympian and a basketball star and me having the opportunity to grow up differently. And my grandma, despite all that she overcame being such a positive person. So I, I hope that readers really feel hopeful and inspired and enjoy it because there's there's hard things, but there's also funny and fun things as well. And we talked a little bit about my background growing up around the NBA. There's a lot in there about, about that. And so, you know, I, I hope that it's really a, a rich, full experience because that's what life is like. Damn, and, you know, that, that, sorry, Jake, that brings up a point having, you know, all of us in the world of sport and the and the pro level, um, people look at these athletes, these men and women as, you know, special and having perfect lives and none of them do, but it's like the tip of an iceberg. You know, you yep. see the one eighth above the surface, that's their pro career and not the seven eighths below, which is real life. And everyone has, you know, multiple stories about their family life and, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, you're you're playing for the Knicks, and those were the Knicks that were really good, not necessarily the Knicks today. I said that you didn't, um, and the organization. But if Ernie didn't have a good game, I'm sure you had friends that were in your face, and I'm sure people on the street, hey, why don't you play better? You know, give me a break, or even worse than that. Oh. People don't see that. 
Oh, of course. And you know, so my dad retired when I was two. So I didn't get as much criticism about him as a player, but as an executive, if the Knicks would lose I, all the time. And my dad said like he was, he was booed as a player, you know, I mean, sports, sports is that way, but listen, I mean, and you, you asked me about writing the book, like, so I mentioned how, you know, the things my family went through before they got to America, when they got to America, my dad, an older brother was eight years older than him, was his hero. And he was diagnosed with leukemia very shortly after arriving in America and he died a year later. And so my dad was an immigrant who didn't speak English, who didn't have any friends. So he just went to the park in Queens, to, to meet people, to learn English. And he started playing basketball and that's where his career came from. So that like that really hard moment in a young boy's life, basketball just kind of appeared. And my book is called by the grace of the game, very intentionally because basketball for my family is heaven sent. I mean, for what my grandparents went through, for what my dad went through losing his brother to find basketball, to become a basketball star in New York city, nonetheless, right. He, he learned the game in Queens and he happened to finish his career with the Knicks and then be the right. you know, general manager of the team. It's, it's, it's a story. You, you couldn't make it up if you tried, but since it happened, I thought it was definitely my duty to write it. Dan, I would imagine like through just kind of learning those perspectives across the board, right. And, and perspective is everything on understanding where someone else comes from, whether they share it or not, or at least trying to understand for those who are listening, how do you how do you go about trying to understand where someone comes from just a little bit better, right? You're not going to know everything about them. They're not going to tell you all your secrets or all their secrets. But you know, just to what are some of the questions that you ask others when you're trying to learn about their story? Because everybody's got a unique one. Yeah, I think the main thing is asking questions, you know, and listening. You know, I think that, you know, listening is the most important thing. And so just to be curious and inquisitive, you know, when I, when I played with guys overseas and again, like we could always do better myself included, but just trying to understand like, where are you from? Tell me a little about your family. You know, what do you like to do? And then you mentioned like when you're a basketball player, or when you're an athlete, sometimes that's all that people see, but we're three-dimensional human beings with interests and hobbies. And so I just think you know, double clicking on some very basic human things, you know, family interests and, and listening to the answers that that goes a long way, you know, and that's what I, I always I've tried to do again, I'm not always as successful as I probably would have liked to have been but, uh, and even with your own family and now that I, you know, did a year and a half of research with my family to understand our story I kind of I, I tell my friends like talk to your parents talk to your grandparents because how often do you do you talk to your parents about what they were doing in high school? You know, like it probably, you know, just not the, not the topic of conversation at the dinner table often, but I had to do it for my book. And I realized, wow, I know my, you know, I know these layers of my dad now that I never would have known. So I just think asking questions and, and really listening is so important. Well, as we, uh, as we head to the uh, end of the ball game here, Jake, um, Let's give Dan a chance to talk about how people can buy the book and we might as well plug loss of logo, right? Because we're, we're a full factory of selling stuff. So, so Dan, <laughs> tell us uh, when the book's coming out and how they can get it. Thank you. Yeah, so the, the book comes out on November 30th. It's available for pre-order now, anywhere books are sold. Uh, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, we're trying to, my team and I are trying to support independent bookstores. We think that's really important, but the book is available wherever books are sold. And of course, it means the world to me for people to engage with this story, as you can probably tell, very deep and personal. And um, so, yeah, I'm just 
grateful for the opportunity to talk about it with you all and anyone who's, who's willing to take a read it would mean a lot. Dan, as, as we kind of wrap up, I, I want to understand just from a player's pers former player's perspective, um, you know, your story and how you take kind of the mindset that you had as a player into the working world and how you've maybe had to adjust it um, and or keep some of the same things. But for those who, you know, were uh, who are listening, who were a former athlete, what's the mindset that you take from on the court into the office? Absolutely. Sports. And if you saw me play as a player, like I had to grind pretty hard to have success, right? I wasn't as, you know, naturally gifted enough just to step on the court. And so, so you had a 38 inch vertical. Is that right? It was only 36 and a half. I'm embarrassed to say. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah like listen, I, I, I was, I, I was a hardworking guy and I played pretty hard and I tried to be like that in the corporate world, you know, because when I walked into the gym, it was, it was always to outwork, you know? And so I think that there's so many opportunities to do that the corporate world as well. And honestly, like when I was applying to business school, right, I, you know, the GMAT is a test you have to take and it's a, it's a hard test. And, and I remember telling my dad, like, man, this is really hard. And it just takes so much preparation. And he said, oh, you'll, that means that you're going to come out on top because it just, it's time and effort and scale. And he knows that from my, from my sports career, that that's what being an athlete is all about. And he was right. I, I worked very hard. I did well on that. Uh, but I just think like the competitiveness, the determination, the discipline, and again, the teamwork and problem solving, all things that are applicable. And again, I, I apply them every day. Andy, any last comments as we wrap up? No, um, just uh, congratulations for all your success, Dan. We're honored to have you on the show. Um, and uh, we'll talk soon on the mean streets of the Silicon Valley. <laughs> I look forward to it, Andy. Thanks so much for having me, Jake. I'm very grateful. It's good to see you both.